Record. We are recording. Yay. Oh, there's the little squiggles. <laughs> the little squiggles. Fleep, floop. Fleep. Fleepy floppin'. Fleepy floop. Flopper floop. Wait, fleep or floop? Fleep. Fleep or floop. Fleep or floop. Oh, yay. They have a noise gate already on there. Look at that. <laughs> Pied Piper. Pied <laughs> Parker Posey. <laughs> Hey, paper. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna stop it. Hola, bienvenido a Factos, Factos, Factos. Yo soy Elizabeth Madrigal y yo soy bad and bougie. Yasmin Van Goldie. <laughs> Is Yasmin? Is that cool? Yeah, that's cool. Is that a sexy way to say it? That's good enough. Damn, I wish I could speak Spanish. I'd be getting all the dick. <laughs> Don't tell Chris. Don't tell Chris. Keep this whole thing in here. Hey, hey, Jazzy. Yeah? You know what I want to do today? What do you want to do? Let's talk about sex, Jazzy. Let's, Let's talk, talk about you and, and possibly me and some other people, people too. And, and bring your boyfriend too. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we're so good. We should stop a, a podcast and start a girl group. Ooh, I'd be down with that. We can do both. Yeah, we can do both. Find you a girl that can do both. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, due to a mild interest, we've decided to do an episode that is all about sex ed. Whoop, whoop. And editing the sex. Editing all the sex. I don't. That, no, it doesn't make sense. Don't okay. think about it. Okay, cool. I'll stop. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we do have a whole fuck ton of research to fuck get into ton. for that. So appropriate. <laughs> I feel like we should probably open up with uh, the protests that are happening today, yesterday. Yes, yes. The one big news story, because we sadly don't have time to go over the equally fuck ton of things that have happened from this administration in the last couple fucking days you know it's I I I would love to spend more time on it but I think I was telling Liz that we might have to do a bonus episode yeah because sex ed is very important especially since some of the resources that we use um Planned Parenthood and things within your own healthcare. a little under attack right now yeah we want to make sure that you're informed and that you'd be able to use the resources that are available to you now and understand what not having them means right yeah not to be a two second wave but the personal is political and I feel like when our elected officials and our president refuse to offer us the things that we need we can only fight back with education I agree so we're gonna do all of that (laughs) yeah I think we're gonna start off with like stories yeah no I think we should do stories after we talk about um all the airports right now Okay, cool. So, um, we're very organized. Yeah. What? What we are? Yeah, we are. Oh, yeah, they're just talking about the protests. I'm like, yeah, they are way more organized than we are right way now. Way more than we are. <laughs> <laughs> Although, it, as it turned out, both of us had the same idea of, oh, we should go to LAX today instead of recording, but then we're worried about letting each other down. I know. It's I'm going to have to start actually communicating with yeah. you. It's like this is like we're learning how to be in a relationship together. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great that it, it seems like we uh, we our minds sync up a lot. Yeah, it's really it's creepy and great. Yeah, like yeah. most relationships. Yeah, maybe just oh. mine. No, no, no. <laughs> most relationships. Okay, good. So, for anybody who has been living under a rock, 
one of the main issues that has popped up in the last couple of days. And, you know, hopefully by the time we post this on Wednesday, we'll have more concrete answers about what's going to be happening going forward. But uh, President Donald Trump still hurts to say. <laughs> yeah, I read it every time and I'm like, this is real life. Yeah. I see his tiny hands and I'm like, this is what's holding our executive orders now. Those tiny Play-Doh loving hands, those baby hands. Oh, fuck. Yep. Signing all over the place. Uh, well, those tiny hands fulfilled one of the campaign promises, which was uh, he signed an executive order to limit visas that would be issued to people uh, wanting to come into the U.S. from seven countries that are majority Muslim. Interestingly enough, not the majority Muslim countries that he does business in. Yeah, that was, I mean, I, didn't that come out after the first wave of, of the news of his Muslim ban? It was like, oh yeah, Muslim ban, terrible, oh, yeah. but also, oh, but PS. yeah, P.S., no, in, in, in none of the countries that he actually does business with. And none of the ones that have actually killed people on U.S. soil. Exactly. So, you know what? You don't hate America enough to, to commit terrorist acts? Great. You can't come to America. And then it's what the crazy thing is, is that he doesn't and his his devoted followers don't understand that this is going to have a ripple effect throughout throughout the rest of the country absolutely like not just the, the countries that we banned but also everyone else they're going to be looking at us and saying that oh this is who america is now this yeah. is not the values that we shared before we don't want to fight with you anymore or we want to fight with you or whatever the case we're creating more enemies and we're making ourselves look kind of like the the tantrum stepchild you know I think it's worth pointing out how few foreign political leaders approve of this. Right. I think it's awesome. I mean, I, yeah, I, I do think it's awesome that they are they are in solidarity with what America is really about. I think it's it's refreshing because sometimes you forget that the reason that we have the UN and the reason that we have our, our the nations collate um, at some points is because we have the same ideals. Yeah. And to see that that still is being maintained is is awesome. And uh, allegedly, Angela Merkel in her phone call with Trump did call out like, hey, what you're doing is kind of breaking our U.N. resolutions and um, breaking the treaty that you've signed with us. Uh, But of course, it's also worth pointing out that uh, Donald Trump is a messy ass bitch who doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And that's exactly what he wants to do. Like, he doesn't approve of the UN. He doesn't want to be a part of NATO. He doesn't give a shit about any international alliances, except maybe with Russia. But, you know, we don't have a whole lot of concrete... Yeah. evidence. And I, a part of me wants to talk more about it on the podcast, but I think that maybe it would be a little irresponsible since we don't have concrete evidence to keep bringing it up like the media does and not have anything to back it up. I think that we'd be kind of... Um, going against our namesake, right? I think I think we have to wait a little bit longer. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's frustrating because for something like that, I mean, what evidence really could exist that would be accessible to a layperson? Right, right, and that's the unfortunate part. I think what I'm going to take from it is that the CIA is holding back information from Trump because they're afraid that he might maybe have ties to Russia and might maybe regurgitate the information they're giving him to Putin. That's 
kind of proof enough for me if right. the CIA is holding back. But again, that's not necessarily fact on fact on fact. Right. So, <laughs> so we got to, you know, as much as I would love to talk about how messy that whole situation could allegedly be, yeah. we should probably wait until there's more actual facts. <laughs> so, uh, oh, but again, for the people that are living under a rock, so... That was part of the executive order. There was a couple other parts of it. Um, so that was supposed to go into effect for 90 days. And then for 120 days, there would be no more uh, visas issued to refugees. Uh, and then once that was up, and I think also for now for just like visas in, uh, in general, that there's supposed to be priority for people who are a religious minority in those countries aka Christians yeah some Jewish people I don't think he was really thinking about the Jewish people no he was thinking about mostly Christians yeah. and I think it's less of him being a Christian and supporting Christianity and more about him wanting to keep the people that voted for him placated that's his base the yeah re- the religious right are his base yeah which is fucking ridiculous because he stands for nothing that the religious right allegedly cares about is that he's quote unquote pro-life that's kind of what they voted for him on and mostly to get to Pence too because he's yeah. very pro-life but Pence w- is the actual religious right person in yeah the he is and I think the hope for them was that he would listen more to Pence and less to himself he's kind of doing a hybrid of both mostly him of course because that's who he is but I think this uh, quote unquote pro-life I say that because I know pro-lifers that aren't anti-Muslim so. right I mean that's I mean that's also the thing is that we have uh, so many different kinds of people in our lives and we see people <laughs> dear listeners we are not audio engineers we are not particularly good at what we do either recording or what we're speaking about so <laughs> every once in a while we're gonna run into a recording where a lot of mistakes happen. Yep, and that's true facts on facts on facts, <laughs> And that's what's happening Woo. right now. We, this is a struggle cast right now. <laughs> it definitely is. <laughs> but you know what? We're still going to talk about it. So let's move on uh, from the discussion of current events, mm-hmm. but we will... We'll probably have to do another special episode. Yeah, we'll do a bonus episode. And I'll do my best to edit the audio a lot better than I did last time. I kind of was like, oh, is it normalized? Cool. Putting it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, we you you uh, gave that file to me like only a couple hours after we actually recorded it, and I was recording real lazy and had a really tiny little mic that I just let <laughs> fall around everywhere while I was speaking. <laughs> so it's you know you sound great, but it just sounds like I'm either in a well. <laughs> Or battling monsters or something. I don't know. It's really bad. Um, yeah, she had those Decepticons back there, but it's all right. She worked <laughs> that podcast out. This, it is It is maybe not a recipe for success in the podcasting world. No, but you did upgrade to a new mic. I did. So it's legit as fuck. I cannot wait to record a bonus episode so maybe, with your mic. Maybe I'll have to drive down here all the time. No. And that's kind of the benefit of having a, a really nice setup at home. You can just sit there. <laughs> and connect do on it. Skype and I could just do all the work over here. And I don't even need to wear pants. No. I mean, you don't have to wear pants right now. It's just a social norm. So, 
speaking of not wearing pants, uh, <laughs> we can get into our stories. Our stories. So in the, the spirit of talking about sex ed, we're going to do, hey, how did you lose your virginity? Stories. Even though virginity is a social construct, yes, which we'll get is. into later. Yes. Oh, actually, you know what? Before we do the stories, um, just to keep derailing everything that we're doing, uh, I do <laughs> want to put out a general trigger warning for content that we're Oh, that lovely buzz is back. The trigger buzz warning for things that we're going to be getting into uh, throughout the podcast. So for the content that I'm going to be talking about, um, because we're going to be talking about consent, general trigger warning for issues about rape, childhood sexual assault, and other sorts of sexual violence. Um, And then, of course, if you are a sex repulsed asexual or just anybody else who's generally triggered by sexual content, this is obviously not the episode for you. (laughs) I hope that you enjoyed our quick discussion about current events, but that's about all you'll probably want to listen to. (laughs) And then what about you? What? (laughs) I missed it. Any content warnings for what you have Mm, planned? I, I don't know. I've never had to do a content warning before. I've been completely abrasive on all the on the podcast, all the podcasts that we've recorded so far. Um, Just prepare yourself for the usual. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I talked about like threesomes in your your marital bed at some point. Like I don't think it's gonna get any worse. Yeah, I mean, we're already at the bottom. Okay, that's work. Sorry, that was my content warning. (laughs) You see, this is why, Liz, if we were houses, I feel like you'd be more of a, no, you wouldn't be a Gryffindor. I'd be the Gryffindor where I feel like I should get the accolades but not do all the work. I'm the Hufflepuff. Yeah, you're the Hufflepuff for sure. (laughs) Or I'm Slytherin. I'm the Hufflepuff mm. surrounded by Slytherins. Yeah. My husband's a Slytherin. I, that, yes. Yes. yes Every, everyone does it. And he's not one of those Slytherins, like most of my friends who are like, I'm a Slytherin, but I'm not evil. He's like, I'm evil. Yeah. And he really isn't, but it's cute that he thinks that. <laughs> he's so sensitive. Yes, I can't. Okay. Okay. Content warning's done. Let's Sweet. get into our sexual experiences. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to flip a coin? You want to go first? Me go first? You go first? Me go first? Cosby goes first? Cosby goes first. Cosby, my cat, goes first? He hasn't lost his virginity. We took his balls. (laughs) Uh, We don't keep them. (laughs) I was like, that's what that decoration is. (laughs) I always wonder. Every Christmas, we hang Cosby's balls at the top of the tree. (laughs) (laughs) This episode's really good. Uh, (laughs) I guess I can go first. Okay. Okay. So, dear listeners, people who haven't known me since I was a wee child, um, when I was in high school, I took one of those purity pledges, uh, which was really cute. <laughs> I did, I did, uh, I used to be super, super Christian, and I had the ring and everything, and I was very much like, there's no way that I'm going to have sex before I get married, and then I met a boy who actually wanted to have sex with me. And it turns out it's a lot harder to keep your resolve up once people actually do want to fuck you. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, the first time I kissed a boy, I was already in college. And then a couple months later, I had sex for the first time. Uh, and again, keeping in mind how... Like, keeping in mind my purity pledge, 
Um, and the fact that I was, you know, that I was living with three other people and I had this idea in my mind of like, when I finally have penis and vagina (laughs) intercourse, (laughs) I want it to be on a bed in my dorm room, but there wasn't a lot of, uh, time that that could happen. And it was, you know, it was sort of a long distance thing. Like there's like a three hour distance. And so most of my first sexual experiences were all, were all in the backseat of his car. That sounds very first timey. I mean, like, no, we've all had to do that at some point. (laughs) Including the first time I had penetrative sex. But I, I, I am that annoying person who was like, I, I just want to be a technical virgin. So sadly, <laughs> the first time that I had penetrative sex, I had anal sex first. Oh. I'm that Christian girl who's like, but I'm still a virgin. And then it was like beautiful and wonderful and magical. And it was like winter break. <laughs> and he like drove up. <laughs> I'm like, oh, let's go walk around campus. And I took him back to my dorm room. <laughs> and we had penis and vagina, heterosexual <laughs> intercourse. That's really nice. It's okay. Oh, I mean, we were in love and I think that helps. Yeah, that does help. Yeah, mine is not that. <laughs> I was... <laughs> <laughs> I I was not about love at all. It was just more about function. Out <laughs> um, here trying to function. Yeah, yeah, I was way out there trying to function. <laughs> so many stories. So anyway, how I lost my virginity. I think it was like 21. I was 21. And I was hanging out in Reno Valley at some party. And I saw this dude. I was Where like, all the good things happen. Yeah, I, I guess. It's like... <laughs> talks about Moval. It's just nothing, there's nothing to do there. So, except for I go to school and meet and, guys that and you have sex. Yeah. So there was this random guy at a party. I was like, you look kind of hot. And I was kind of tipsy too. Was I 20 or was I 21? Anyway. Yeah. I was, I was drinking. Who knows if I was legally supposed to, I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> sounds like, like a very hey. college story. <laughs> so I was like, Hey, you're good looking. Let's work this out. And I was like, Hey, you got a car? He's like, yeah. I was like, you want to just go somewhere? He's like, yeah. He knows exactly what that means. Oh my God. He's like, cool. I'm going to lose my virginity tonight. It's going to be on my own terms. I'm so excited. <laughs> this is what I was thinking. Oh, we were so cute. I was to- I'm totally in control of this situation. So I'm driving around with a stranger going to some stranger's house, feeling totally in control of the really situation. <laughs> And we go back to his place and have sex, and it was the best thing ever. And I was like, I had my first orgasm too at the same time. I was like, Yeah, woman power. I gotta get out of here because now I'm afraid. (laughs) (laughs) That isn't the most relatable story. That happened like several, more than several times after that with other people. Yeah. You just feel like, yeah, well, that was great. Now I'm going to leave. <laughs> okay. Did As you put back on your clothes and you know, sneak the out. Is, I should have done that multiple times, but didn't. <laughs> and then I had to like date people <laughs> that I shouldn't have. I had no time for that. Like I was, you know what I did? I did date a couple guys that I felt like I should invest in. Then I realized they sucked and I was like, this is probably how they all are. <laughs> 
So I'm just going to stop with that. <laughs> just fuck around oh for a God. little bit. That was way more fun. And then I met Chris and I was like, oh, sometimes it is worth it. Oh, that's cute. And now we're married. And I get to fuck him all the time. That's cute. That's it's real. It's, it's almost not, cute. Sometimes it's cute. I really hope that our entire family is listening to this. Episode. Oh my God, my mom listens to this. I am yeah, well, mortified. No, here's the thing. Here's the uh, thing. My mom basically requested that we do this episode. And so, uh, but the other thing that you have to understand, and which we'll kind of get into about why, but my mom and I are really open about sex talk because we kind of had to be. And so I have a different relationship about sex with my mom than most people do, where, uh, you know, we'll just say a lot of inappropriate things to each other all the time. (laughs) So it's not quite as mortifying for me. I'm extremely mortified. My mom and I do not have that relationship at all. (laughs) And now you will. I kept (laughs) anything I did sexually secret from my mom until I was married, pretty much. (laughs) Well, okay. But here's an argument for why your way is is probably better because if you're like that then you don't have horrifying moments like I did where I legitimately told my mom yeah I know that I, that I'm not supposed to be having sex with him but I feel like I'm closer to God when I am what <laughs> oh I was Hashtag a dumbass take me to church <laughs> <laughs> You know how you gotta find any way at all to justify having sex when you're like, but I know the Bible says blah, 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 blah. Well, that's how I was raised, too. I don't know where I got the gumption to be like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just gonna go have sex with people. I think it was just out of pure desperation where I just had to, to fuck something. Like, this has to be okay because I want to do it now. <laughs> Well, that's a really great introduction to what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so here's, I mean, the whole the whole reason why we're doing this episode, besides the fact that my mom essentially requested it in a roundabout way, is that my experience as an adult has been that a lot of my friends didn't, they obviously didn't have the same relationship with their mothers or anybody in their family who they could really go to and ask a lot of questions to. And, uh, you know, while California isn't the worst state in terms of sexual education, uh it's not the best. And so we wanted to have some kind of resource for people who are young, gonna go gonna go away to college or going to, you know, thinking about what is what is my life gonna be like when I become sexually active. And we wanted them to have like a good source of information, inform ourselves, inform each other, you know, because as I said, it's one of the best things that we can do when things like Planned Parenthood are getting defunded. <laughs> yeah. We need to just rely on education. But also I just think that it's a lot it's very important to have a <laughs> First of all, to have a, a static ghost in your podcast, <laughs> I think we should name him. Uh, <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll think about that afterwards. We have to name the static ghost. <laughs> to name the static ghost. Uh, but it's uh, it's important to have a good positive view on what sex is, what its role in your life can be, and not be afraid of discussing this. Yeah, and I think that's super important to be comfortable with what you're discussing, even if it's it's kind of, some of it's uncomfortable for me because what I discuss with Liz and with my friends is not necessarily what I discuss publicly. I am an ad- advocate for having sex whenever you want to safely, 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 safely. But that's not always what I express to strangers. Sure. <laughs> and so, except for now, 
Except for now. <laughs> Unprecedented, uncomfortable, uncomfortable to bullness. And I'm the opposite. I tend, I'm, I'm the like creepy lady who, when I meet one of my friends, uh, like poor Diana, who was here on our last official episode, when her younger sister was about to go to college, I like took her aside at a party and was like, I'm going to give you this whole sexual education thing right now. It's like, let's just go over everything. Let's go over safe sex practices. Let's like, let's talk about this and this and this and this. Cause I'm like, I'm that creepy girl who's just like, I just want everyone to be informed. I just want you to be safe and happy. That's just something that she yells as she's being handcuffed and put into a cup. I was just trying to educate the children. Why does somebody think of the children? I just want everyone to be informed. <laughs> Ooh, I just got a vision of us getting arrested. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? It's a possibility. It's a possibility. That whole free speech thing is Who starting knows to be how long it should have lasted? Yeah. Fuck. So. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> okay. One last thing, you know, before we before we really get into it, um, I again want to do a shout out to my mom. I guess talk a little bit about the reason why, and you know, I'll, I'll I'm gonna try and touch on it as little as I possibly can because I don't feel like this is the episode to do it. Um, but what something that's important to know is that my mom and I had to have these discussions when I was really young because when I was about four and five years old, I was a victim of childhood sexual assault. And so my mom was put in a really difficult position of now I have a tiny child who has been introduced to something that she should not have had to go through. But at the same time, she really didn't want me to, as an adult, be afraid of sex. She didn't want me to think of it as something that was always bad and negative. And so I look up to her a lot in how she handled the entire situation of, you know, making sure I was never going to go through those experiences again. There's the ghost. He's applauding my mom, too. (laughs) But but also in making sure that I, you know, had a healthy viewpoint from then on. Uh, that I knew that what had happened wasn't okay, but that that didn't mean that sex in general would never be okay. And something that, a story that stuck with me is that one time when she was at church, she was at like a meeting with a bunch of women and one of them said like, hey, I'm gonna tell my teenage daughters that sex hurts because that way they'll be less likely to go out and have it. Hmm. And my mom was like, no, (laughs) that's a really bad idea. You know, my mom has always said, I believe that God created sex to be something beautiful and wonderful that happens in marriage and is something that we should really enjoy and shouldn't be a scary thing. She's like, yes, we should. The the ghost really likes that. Like, (laughs) yes, we, we should definitely teach our children to have it within the confines of a marriage, but to also not make that be like a big horrible scary monster right and to, oh boy <laughs> the static is killing me okay so <laughs> it, it also it, it reverberates throughout their entire life absolutely you know i i have to say that growing up christian and hearing that sex is kind of gross and any pleasure you give yourself is gross i think that that's that had a negative effect of of how i saw sex and how i thought it should be especially when you're like oh well guys can do this but for women like pleasuring yourself is really gross thing i think it's completely unnatural and also god hates it so don't go to hell you know it's so fucked up 
Yeah, but that's 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 the outlook that I was given yeah. about sex, and it's hard. It was hard to kind of deprogram that, and to avoid that, you just don't say those damaging things. Right. I mean, that's the message I got from church as well. So I had like really basic sex ed in sixth grade when I think most people have it, like fifth or sixth grade in elementary school. Yeah. And then I didn't get it in junior high because I was in band instead. And they just had it as like, oh, in seventh grade, you take it unless you're in band. <laughs> really? I got it when I, while I was still in band. That's Not crazy. at Toronto. That's so stupid. I know. I'm like, especially knowing all the band nerds, like we fucking needed it. And then I think, I don't know, it might have been an optional class in high school, but I don't think so. But that was it. And then the rest of the education I got was in church. Thankfully, my mom had stepped in beforehand. So I kind of had a better idea about what good, safe sexual practices were. Right. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of my favorite things my mom ever said was uh, about this whole thing, not necessarily in general, but I guess kind of in general, <laughs> was she made sure to tell me when I was little, like, hey, as you get a little bit older, you might want to touch yourself. That's called masturbation. It's completely normal. It's natural. Everybody does it. If somebody doesn't do it, then it's likely that they're lying or they're kind of missing out on a great thing. <laughs> it's like, so, you know, don't, don't be ashamed. Yeah. Your that. mom knows what's up I'm, and it, you're very lucky and it's very rare yeah, that parents rare. do that for their children, especially with their girls. Yeah. I think men talk to men about masturbation and how they feel and sex more than women sure. discuss it with their daughters and that's what I saw yeah you know I, th- I had boys that knew more about themselves than I knew about myself I was like how is that okay it's not <laughs> and then at church uh they did not that you know there's a lot of uh things that people come up with of like if if you have sex then you're like a chewed up piece of gum or you're a piece of tape that won't stick at my church we did the like you're a piece of bruised fruit And it was supposed to be like every time you had sex, it was like you were a piece of fruit that was getting bruised because too many people were holding it and touching it and throwing it around. Mm -hmm. And it was like when you get married, nobody wants to marry a bruised up fruit. You won't buy that. Damn. And it's such a damaging like that whole thing is very damaging, especially to somebody who, you know, their first sexual experiences were unwanted, were coerced, were forced on them. If, if your first sexual experience had was anything less than consensual and now you're sitting and being told you're a piece of damaged fruit and God doesn't respect you or love you for that, that's very damaging. Yeah, extremely. How do you... It's hard to... And I know I say deprogramming a lot, but that's a lot of what it is. You kind of yeah. have to break that, that code down, that Christian code where you are less of a person and less of a woman mostly because I feel like boys were forgiven way more than girls you are less of a woman and less of a prize if you had a sexual experience whether it was just basic masturbation or it was you know actual intercourse or kissing a guy or holding hands it was like whoa 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 lady don't be damaged goods at the end of this road save yourself for some Christian boy who has probably fucked half the choir at your church (laughs) But, you know, you save yourself for him. You know, I just that didn't that shit didn't sit well with me. And I'm I'm happy it didn't. But I didn't understand why at the point at at the time until I started being sexually active. And I was like, oh, and it's actually started interacting with guys. And I'm like, there's a reason why this happens. You want to keep women in the in their in their 
safe place and the submissive like oh well man of the house you can fuck whoever you want until we get married kind of thing like fuck all that man (laughs) how about we do the opposite and it, well, it's and well, not it, the opposite, but have it even keeled. Sorry. Absolutely. And it, and it isn't to say that there's anything wrong with an abstinence pledge. It isn't to say that there's anything wrong with deciding to be abstinent, whether it's for a personal reason or a religious reason. Like I know a couple of people who are still in that situation and I completely applaud them. I think that it's a very difficult decision to make. Oh, Sorry, I forgot. When my mom said the whole masturbation thing, she also said, and if you're going to keep yourself a virgin until you get married, it's pretty much the only way. <laughs> yeah. Which I feel is a very important thing to point out because it's true. <laughs> it is. There's no way to keep yourself sane or keep yourself focused if you're not kind of getting rid of that that sexual energy in some way and kind of releasing it in some way. Which isn't to say that there aren't some people who just legitimately don't experience sexual attraction because that's true yeah some some people absolutely could get away with never doing it because they don't have those urges and that's totally cool it's like for i guess i guess most people i would say if if you're most people if you do experience sexual attraction and you do want to be a virgin until you're married for whatever reason, or even just a virgin for a long period of time. Like maybe you're just thinking, oh, I want to wait until there's somebody who I really, really, really love. Or maybe you're just like, maybe I'm not ready until I'm a little bit older. You know, whatever your reason for it, masturbate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just really stressed out. I want to fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever your reason, masturbate. Yeah. As the facts on facts on facts stamp of approval. We were supposed to go into actual like facts on facts and we've spent like 40 minutes not talking about it. So so we're doing a really great job is what you're saying. <laughs> nope. Well, I, I think this was good. I feel like yeah. it was good because we, we talked about our experiences and, you know, what we went through with our own sexual education, good or bad. Now we can agree. Let's go into all the good stuff that should be talked about. Yeah. Okay. Well, we had a few topics we wanted to go over. Um, I can start it off. Do it. If you'd like. Do it. I kind of wanted to go over like the stuff you missed in sex ed. And as I was doing research for it, I saw that last year, California revamped their sex ed requirements for K through 12. So, well, really middle seventh, seventh grade through 12. You, I don't know. They didn't, they're not, they're not telling you to teach this in elementary school in like kindergarten. Um, <laughs> But they revamped the requirements, and I kind of want to talk about that more instead, because the basis of what I got when I was in middle school and in high school was, in middle school it was, okay, this is what a penis looks like, this is what an ovary is, they'd actually show like the labia and stuff, it was mostly just the uterus and the fallopian tubes and blah blah blah, this is what a period is, this is how you get pregnant, this is where babies come from, and back to math, you know. And then in high school, it was like, don't get pregnant. Oh, no. In middle school, they, they were like, OK, well, abstinence is the safest form. They didn't say anything about other any other contraceptives or ways to prevent pregnancy. High school, they were like, you know, abstinence and condoms. Work that shit out, essentially. And just a refresher on what we learned in middle school. Mm-hmm. Well, California... Are because, they doing it better? Yeah. They, Yay. They, she's doing it better, girl. She's doing it better. Wow. Um, the new requirements for California, and this started again in January of last year. Um, it, it was not previously required to um, 
to have sex ed. I didn't know that. If your school had sex ed, it was because they opted into it, but it was never required. And now it is. So you get it in middle school and you get it in high school and you require to take a class. Or even if it's a part of like your regular biology or whatever class, then you're required to have it covered during your during your middle school years and your high school years. Um, and it includes the education includes education on the following sexual orientation. <gasps> Great. They're going over that. That's awesome. They're going over sex trafficking also. That's good. And why it's important. Not not to not to <laughs> sex trafficking. Why traffic. sex trafficking is important. <laughs> what is important for it not to happen and why it actually happens and what it means. Sure. Um, gender identity. Great. Um, they're going over FDA approved methods of contraception. Good. How to prevent STIs. Good. And they have to mention abstinence, but they say that it cannot be, you cannot say it's the only way Perfect. for um, you to prevent STIs and prevent pregnancy. So you can mention it as the most effective, but you can't mention it on its own. Right. Which I still think it's not the most effective because, you know, biology. <laughs> but, you know. I mean, it's kind of like saying the most effective way to not get in a car crash is to not drive a car yeah. or ever be in a car. It's like, yeah, that's true. But sometimes I got to go places. Yeah, you got to go somewhere <laughs> or somebody's going to want to go somewhere and you're going to have to drive them. Mm-hmm. You know, driving is a part of life. <laughs> I love this driving analogy. <laughs> Sometimes you crash and you know what? You put yourself back together. We yeah. have insurance for that. Exactly. <laughs> this is the best thing ever. This okay. is way better than the movie crash. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> movie. Okay. So that's not on topic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no. not going to get into it. Back, 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 to, <laughs> back to sex ed. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I... I wanted to cover how many schools actually covered sex ed before it was a requirement. There wasn't any any real data on that. Um, but that's any any other data I found was like the pregnancy rates uh, by county and by district and things like that. And I think think I think that fed more into um, the Planned Parenthood section of it than the sex ed um, section of it. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give you the requirements that California has. And I think that they're setting a, we, we are setting a precedent on what sex ed needs to look like in the future. And, and they're still trying to feel it out and what should be strictly enforced. I think the abstinence thing was not strictly enforced. I saw a lot of angry mom letters oh my god in response to this where they're like we don't want to teach our you know children about stis we don't want to teach them about contraceptives we don't want to teach them about sexual orientation and sexual um and uh, gender identity because they are who they are if they're women they're female it's like you realize those are two contradicting statements yeah. but whatever yeah I, I think that california is uh working their ass off trying to be the leader and the progressive movement. That's great. Yeah. What I've seen for other states, though, is that there's some states that don't require it at all, that some that just don't provide sex ed, and others that have to do the abstinence only, and that there's still a whole lot of federal funding going to abstinence-only programs, um, and that some states are not required to mention orientation at all, but that some are required to mention it in a negative way. Really? Yeah, that there's still some states out there that have to be like, being gay is bad. Is this just Texas? Because they're ready to secede. Like, <laughs> is this really going to be a problem in the future? I don't even know that Texas does it. 
But I know I, I should have looked up the exact states, but no, there you are shouldn't some have. states out there. That was my job, and I did not. It's okay. <laughs> so yeah. it's the, the fucked up thing is how much it varies, you know, not just by state, but sometimes by county. Yeah. By city. Yeah. So um, I was looking at it varying by county. Again, the data wasn't really... It well, wasn't really don't report it. Yeah, and that was the problem. I, I didn't find anything that had like it didn't have verifiable data. Right. It was like the counties that actually participated and then that actually said, "Okay, this is what we do." Most of the counties that didn't didn't really participate in the survey or didn't say whether or not they they actually taught only absence only. They didn't want to either get caught or they just said, "This is stupid. I do what I want." Right. So it was really hard to get any kind of real data on it anything I looked up said yeah this is what we have but again it's not perfect it's like okay well I it can't I can't use this <laughs> thanks Callie but I do think it's awesome that the requirements and this is this is not just oh if you want to opt in this is a requirement for education standards for California super cool love it love it okay so what's next <laughs> Uh, well, for the people that are listening who didn't have any sex ed, what are some of the things that they do cover in those classes? Uh, currently? Like, specifically. Specifically. So, they still cover the basics, like, this is what a fallopian tube is, this is what a uterus is, this is, the sperm penetrates the egg, creates the baby, things like that. As far as sexual orientation, they didn't get into specifics, I didn't get the detailed objectives for what it is. I think it's just outlining what sexual orientations mean what. Mm -hmm. Not not necessarily how you get to them. Just what they mean. Um, For sex trafficking, it's more talking about... It was more about current events, saying, okay. "Okay, this is what's this is where sex trafficking is currently, where it happens, how to prevent yourself from getting being a part of it, why it happens, and that's it." Uh, gender identity. I did not read the objectives on that. Um, and the FDA approved methods of contraception. They were just talking about like what types of birth control are available, Nuvering, the shots, you know, pills, IUDs. They are covering IUDs, which I love. Great. I love that because I didn't get that in middle school or high school. No one told me that I was that an IUD was even a real thing. Yeah, same. It was. Yeah. It was just like independent research where I found out about IUDs. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't even independent research for me. I went to Planned Parenthood and they said, "Oh, you can get an IUD, but it's going to." cost a bunch of money and I was like I'll wait until I make money and get insurance and that's what I did (laughs) so yeah I had to find out through Planned Parenthood that IUDs were available because the hormonal birth controls were having a negative effect on me same yeah so I had to get off of those and get the copper IUD same what? what? Twinsies. Heck yeah. But yeah, so they're they're talking about all forms of contraception. That's perfect. Um, how to prevent STIs. Of course, they, part of the contraception is condoms, and they say they tell you how to be safe when using condoms, how to be conscious of your partners, um, how to get testing, where to go to get testing and screening for the STIs. As a teenager and as an adult, um, I think that's about it. It was more about condoms and where to get tested for STIs. And, oh, and okay. what the STIs were. Oh, perfect. And to find them. Yes, that was part of it. But and again, these are just like general objectives I got from the, the CA.gov website. I don't know what counties have dissected this and what they've add, either added or taken out. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a county in, in California that does not follow these guidelines, I, uh, I, can't, I can't speak on that. But these are just the general objectives that 
ca.gov gave me again um and then the <laughs> abstinence instruction it's more about again it's about hey it can be used as the best form of contraceptive meaning no sex equals no babies and no stis but they can't say that is the only one you can use they are required to give you other forms of birth control not give you but inform you of what other birth control forms you can use forms of birth control you can use <laughs> perfect <laughs> All right. Oh yeah, and by the way, if you want more information on this, go to ca.gov. I don't remember what I clicked on. I kind of just googled California sex ed requirements and it took me straight to the page and you can see the objectives and the requirements there. Love it. It's so one of the topics that I was going to cover was uh, you know, something that we talked about and that people in general talking about is that when you do get sex ed in school, if you are getting it, uh, it generally only covers heterosexual sex. Uh, and that's it. And not even just heterosexual sex. It only really covers, here's what happens with penis and vagina intercourse. And here's how that can lead to a pregnancy. And that's about it. You don't get a lot of information about other kinds of sex that can happen. You don't get information about um, what happens if you're not working with one penis and one vagina. You don't get information about variations in genitals. You get nothing. And so uh, even though, okay, so I, what I'm going to talk about is I'm going to talk about generally queer sex and do a little bit of that. Um, and one thing that was brought up in a video that I was watching, which I think is a really great point, is that it's ridiculous that they don't cover safe sex practices for queer sex because almost none of it is something that is that should only be talked about <laughs> to the queer community. Like almost all of it can absolutely help that heterosexual, cisgender, you know, penis, vagina sex. Like it almost all still applies. Yeah, it's not necessarily preventing pregnancy. It's about preventing STIs and HIV. Exactly. And spreading something that you, if you already have something, preventing spreading it to other partners. Exactly. Which is something that you almost never get talked about. When they're framing everything in like, here's how somebody gets pregnant and here's how you don't want to get pregnant. You're kind of missing out on a lot of, on huge issues about, you know, what's what STIs really are, how to treat them and how to, you know, once you have them, informing your partners and treating them and all of that you you're missing out on a huge part and when that is discussed I feel like a lot of it is just really like a fear-mongering kind of thing of if you get this it'll be the end of your life <laughs> yeah that's very true and you'll be a pariah and nobody will ever talk to you and you shouldn't even hold hands with anybody <laughs> yeah and I'm thinking about anything that we heard of in college even if it was just a professor saying, hey, hey, I heard this was going around or whatever, like, don't do this, don't have sex with gay men kind of thing. It was it was mostly like saying it was it was putting the act of of gay or, or, or lesbian sexes or, or sorry, uh, yeah, gay or lesbian sexes are bad. Right. As this is why you got the STI or this is why you got HIV. Right. Stop it. Rather than actually educate and say, hey, this is how you can prevent it. That's what sure. you should be doing. And I think about the fact that if you are a man who has had sex with another man uh, for, I think, it, what is it, like a year or two years where you're not allowed to donate blood? 
Yeah. Yeah. That's stupid, still a stupid thing. outdated shit like that is still around. Which is super fucked up. Okay, I'm sorry. This is only very slightly off topic. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a relative and important tangent. <laughs> so uh, part of what I wanted to talk about um, is not necessarily framing, because it's, you know, it's, it is a little bit hard, because I want to talk about safe sex uh, with queer partners, but I also don't want it to, I don't want to get into the thing where I'm sort of tying genitals to gender. And I feel like it's really easy for that to happen. Like, it's just where we're at now, people use language in such a way that it's really difficult to get good sex education that isn't like, if you're a lesbian, it means there's two vaginas. Yeah. (laughs) If you're gay, it means there's two penises. Peenies. Peenies. (laughs) It's such a cute word. And, you know, if we're going to talk about issues about intersex people who I found out uh, it's a lot more common than people assume that the statistics on how many people are intersex is it's about equal to the amount of people who are redheads. What? Okay. So are you going to go over what intersex is? I understand Let's this is kind of like, maybe it's like a tangent, but I'm really curious because I have <laughs> no information on it. Yeah. I, I only had pretty cursory information until last night when I started getting a lot more into it and now I have a huge crush on this one person but anyway rightfully so I've seen this one person this one is one person is handsome and beautiful very hot. at the same time very very hot so <laughs> <laughs> and just adorable and great anyway <laughs> so the general definition of somebody who's intersex is somebody whose genitals uh, upon birth don't fit into a basically made up binary that is assumed to exist. You know, the the general medical binary is like, if your gonads look like this, then you are a female. If your gonads look like this, then you are a male. And I found out that there's actually a thing where they'll sort of pull on the gonad area and if it is a centimeter or, or it's like a centimeter and a half or less, then that person will be assigned the gender of female. So this is when, this is when a, a child, this is okay. when a baby is born uh, with with gonads and with genitals that uh, there's a fucked up term that's used they call them like ambiguous genitals but it's like a fucked up medical term basically just means anything that isn't readily like by sight you can be like oh this is very clearly what we say is a vagina this is very clearly what we say is a penis so uh and because of how fetuses are formed you know we have to remember the same tissues that make up testes make up ovaries Right, yeah. And it all starts off the same in most cases. And then due to a variety of things, it could be it could be that like your body doesn't um accept androgens or estrogens. It could be like because of a hormonal thing or just part of a development thing that your genitals just look different. And that's essentially what it is. It's just somebody who has different genitals than what we assume is the normal. Of, okay. Here's a straight up like here's a straight up vulva here's a straight up penis okay yeah that makes a lot of sense wow but that it's actually really common but here's here's a fucked up issue that goes into it so again like when when they have genitals that look a little bit different they'll sort of pull on it (laughs) and if the tissue stretches to a centimeter and a half or less then they're like okay that's a female Mm-hmm. If it stretches to more than three centimeters, they're like, this is a male. And if it's somewhere in between, then they do a whole lot of surgeries. 
and are like, now this is a female. Damn. It, I mean, essentially, I don't think it's hyperbole to call a lot of what they do genital mutilation. And it's like, this is just an acceptable thing in the medical community that they'll be like, okay, well, we have to do surgery to get rid of your testes. And what they'll say is like, oh, well, if you don't, if we don't like get rid of your testes and you'll get testicular cancer by the time you're 11. But that isn't true. <laughs> that it's like based on outdated information. Wow, I had no idea. I didn't either. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. And so, you know, this is a, this is a huge thing that it's just like these are just people who can end up with any kind of gender uh, identification, any kind of sexual orientation. And it doesn't necessarily correlate with what they were born with initially exactly. or what they I don't know, what they feel that they are. They can be identified as a woman based on their genitalia, but they could not want to be a woman. Yeah, so a lot of people will bring up, like, what's the difference between being intersex and being transgender? Right. And so the answer to that is that intersex is just somebody, it's, you get that label, like, when you're born, based on your genitalia, and often, like, in most cases, in the vast majority of cases, these children, like, babies, and four-year-olds and younger, are given surgeries that they can't consent to. Yeah. That aren't medically necessary. This isn't anything that's life-saving. This is just cosmetics. And it's really to make the doctors feel better. Or the parents, if well, the they, parents are aware yeah. of it. Essentially, they'll just tell the parents, like, your kid could have cancer. <laughs> yeah. That's, that amazes, well, you know what? It doesn't amaze me, it doesn't, actually. No. <laughs> so it's like, if you're, if you're intersex, it's based on your genitalia and you often get surgeries that you didn't want or couldn't know if you wanted them because you're like four months old. And then if you're transgender, then that means that the gender you were assigned at birth based on your genitalia doesn't match your gender identity. And so some people opt into getting surgeries later on and some people don't. I mean, like, who fucking cares? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole other thing is that a lot of people just assume, will use this binary of like are you pre-op or post-op and it's like maybe not everybody wants surgery not everybody needs it yeah there are plenty of people who do and if you are on the trans spectrum and you want surgery I think that it should absolutely be covered yeah but some people don't want it at all and that's cool too okay well we're gonna move on because we don't want to, this to be a two and a half our podcast we're reaching an hour already and we haven't covered two topics i need five more minutes <laughs> i know all right I need five more minutes <laughs> all right all right all right because this is something that never gets talked about i know and also this is facts on facts on facts and we're just giving you the information that we found if you have more information or, or, or you can clarify what we're talking about tweet us at at, yes. at we podcast facts on twitter you yes. know we we're also available do we have our own email I'm working on it. Okay. We will eventually, and we'll have our Facebook page. But for now, tweet at us. Yeah. Tweet at Weave Podcast Facts. Tweet at, tweet at Ella's Tired. That is Liz. That is me. And I forgot who I am. Oh, I'm the So-So Saint. Tweet at the So-So Saint. And that's me. Especially if I get anything wrong, because keep in mind, we're two cisgender women. Right. And that's what I was bringing up. There are things that we're only interpreting from our point of view and the facts that we think we find. If you have a way of clarifying it from your point of view, please, please let us know so we can bring it up on our next podcast Absolutely. and kind of re-educate. Because that's part of fact, too. Right. Sometimes you get it wrong. Sometimes you can misinterpret. Just let us know. And I want to I want to be told when I mess up like that. Me too. I will just say a couple things. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, oh no, I'm dropping things. Dropping that mic. This is a bad sign of what's to come. So, <laughs> so uh, I mean, all that I'll say about um, more queer sex is that something that doesn't get covered a lot is STIs when the two or more people having sex have vaginas and vulvas and all of that wonderful setup uh, is, you know, most people have never seen a dental dam. <laughs> I know I haven't. I've never seen one. Maybe I have, pictures. I I've seen pictures. I've used a dental dam once. Oh, yeah? It's all right. <laughs> I guess it, it looks uncomfortable. No, it's no? fine. It's, yeah? it's just like a, a giant condom. Oh, sweet. So here's so there's a couple things that can help in that because overall what people should know is that STIs are transmitted by having secretions come into contact with somebody else's mucous membranes. And that is how bacteria gets from one body to another bloodstream. So in preventing that, it's all about coming is, is about using barriers to keep that from happening. Barriers are not just to prevent pregnancy, they're also to prevent any kind of STIs. So if there's two or more vagina, <laughs> then there you can either use a dental dam or the internal condom. I won't call it a female condom because, again, gender genitals. Right. Uh, those are a couple things that you can use, but you know they're not very popular. They're more difficult to get a hold of. So what I would recommend, there's plenty of videos out there and... Um, just, you know, just Google how to turn a regular latex condom into a dental dam or how to turn a latex glove into a dental dam. And if you have a latex allergy, then on other things that you can use for it and don't use saran wrap. <laughs> Is that that cannot still be a thing? Yes. Yeah, so there's still people that'll be like, oh, you can just use saran wrap. And I'm like, don't fucking no. do it. It's the, the way that it's built. It has pores. So don't don't do it. <laughs> don't do it well, the uh the ideas of the desperate yeah and the other thing is um and this applies to any time there is somebody with fingers putting your fingers into a vaginal canal or into a rectum or anytime you're putting your fingers in somebody uh using latex gloves or a glove-like substitute that isn't latex <laughs> is very important um and that's i feel like that's something that people don't don't bring up enough is that you know fingering you still want to have some kind of protection there yeah because especially if you're not washing your hands you could be yes. potentially affecting your infecting your partner or your partner infecting you vice versa you have to make sure that everything's protected everything's clean yeah. there's a barrier barriers are important if you're sharing sex toys with your partner put a condom on that yes <laughs> even if like i'm married and i still do that yeah. it's just not necessarily to protect from sdis it's but just like cleaner yeah it's way cleaner it's so much easier than getting like the sex toy cleaner it's yeah. like and that stuff i think you're just you're basically making me purchase water and soap. Like, I can <laughs> do that on my own. Okay. So using condoms on your sex toys, things like that. And, and lube. Yes. Lube is very important. It's magic. So if you're, if you have a penis and you're wanting to put that penis in somebody's rectum, no matter their gender, <laughs> it's very important to use lube because part of the transmission of STIs and can be because if you are not 
thoroughly prepared enough, there can be micro tears that happen in the rectum. And so if you're, if you're not using a condom, then that can help the transmission of STIs. I just want to say, thank goodness that Liz is on this podcast because I would have not shared any of that information <laughs> at all. I would have just said lube in, as just only as a common courtesy. Just well, be also, nice. It also lube. is good. Yeah. You know? And here's, here's just a, a minor little thing that I'll point out that, uh, you know, a, uh, which is very important, is if you have a vagina... You're, it's not supposed to hurt the first time you have sex. Yes, thank you. It didn't hurt when I did it. You want to know why? Because I was prepared. Yeah, no, no, I was prepared, and I prepared my partner too. I was like, Yarp. oh hell no, when I felt it was going to be un- uncomfortable, <laughs> and I said, okay, hell yes, when he started to accommodate. Right. You, know, you just have to set your boundaries and know what's comfortable. If it's uncomfortable, you let your partner know. Absolutely. If they're trying to power through, you let your partner know that it's not going to happen Absolutely. anymore. Absolutely. You're not going to continue with it. It should not hurt the first time. If you're a female with a vagina, I feel like we teach a lot of women to just be more accommodating about sex. We're like, oh, it'll hurt, but it's fine. And that's fucked up because it's not supposed to. Now, exactly. I did have a friend who brought up, well, I was I was very aroused and it still hurt. And I kind of want to be like, okay, here's the problem is that you're a very tiny person who tends to have sex with very tall people. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, so I'm just going to say, Occasionally, biology may get in the way. Yeah. <laughs> but in general, <laughs> if you have a vagina, your first time is supposed, like, yes, there will, if your hymen is still intact, which it may not be, but if you do still have an intact hymen, then there, you know, there will be a little bit of a tear, but it's not supposed to be, you're not supposed to be like gushing blood. You're not supposed to be super uncomfortable. That discomfort just comes from not being aroused. Yeah. It's from like you're trying to stuff something into a dry canal that is not used to that sensation. It has never had to accommodate in that way before. And while vaginal walls can contract and get much bigger, it doesn't just happen in half a second. No. So foreplay is important too here. Foreplay is very important. And understand that about your body. Okay. And it's not just women that need foreplay. Sometimes guys need foreplay just to Absolutely. get it, you know, to get get it to the point of of uh, of action. Okay. All just genitals need foreplay. Yeah. Be gentle. Be welcoming. Be, you know, be a partner. Say we're in this together. Even if it's just like a one we're night all thing. In this together. Well, I want you to fuck me, but I wanna be prepared for it. <laughs> Liz is, uh, she's available to write sex ed songs whenever you need them. And they will all be high school musical parodies. I hope that's okay. All right. So now let's move on. Yeah. I don't even remember what the fuck we're going to talk about. Oh, um, right. So we're going to talk about, one of them was a Planned Parenthood myths. Yeah. I wanted to go over the top three. Now there are several Planned Parenthood myths. I'm looking at you, Carly Fiorina. Jesus. Um, but I want to go over the top three that I've been hearing as of late. So the first one is that Planned Parenthood exists solely to do abortions. No, it's only 3% of the services that Planned Parenthood provides. 3%. 3%. Okay, and the majority of the services, I want to let you know that, what the services of Planned Parenthood are so you understand that it's not just abortion. The only thing I see right now when I see Planned Parenthood, when poli- when, poli- when politicians are talking about them, those is people. how, you know, those people, those people that are supposed to be supporting this, supporting us. 
all I see is is them, is them talking about a portion. Unless it's maybe Elizabeth Warren, who actually knows what the fuck she's talking about, or Bernie Sanders. But anyway. It doesn't just exist for abortions. You also go there for screenings. You get them, you have screenings for STIs, for breast exams. You get your pap smears there. You get testing for STIs and other preventative care you might need for just anything sexually and medical. I went to Planned Parenthood when I needed screenings when I thought I had cervical cancer. I'm very, very, very glad I went because if I did have cervical cancer, I would be screwed because I did not have insurance. That's why it's there. It's supposed to be a gap between having health care and being uninsured or having low income and, and having health care. Sometimes those things aren't together. You can't always have low income and have the insurance that you need. Exactly. And that's where Planned Parenthood fills in that gap. Now, this leads into the second point. Um, (laughs) Federal money is being used for abortions. That's another myth, right? Huge myth. So let's talk about Title X for a little bit. Title X is issuing money. To be honest, it's issuing money to be to plan issuing money to Planned Parenthood, but what that money goes towards are the services that are not abortion. They go towards the screenings and the things that women need in order to like not die. I don't think anything, as far as California is concerned, anything goes to abortions and anything that any anything meaning federal money and anything that the the Title X grant doesn't cover, Planned Parenthood has to make up on their own. That's why you see why they're asking for donations and they're asking for funding or, or more support from the people that use it. It's because they're trying to help the women that do need these resources. Like, let's say I wanted to get an IUD at Planned Parenthood, right? That's what my, would you do, Jasmine? I would go to Planned Parenthood. First, they give me screenings, which is great. Do you have an STD? No. Congratulations, Jasmine. Next Yay. step. We're going to do a blood test. Make sure you don't have AIDS. You don't have AIDS. Congratulations, Jasmine. Yay. Next step. Then we start talking about contraceptives, and they actually educate you on what are the contra- contraceptives you can use. And they base it on your weight, your age, and what you would like um, preferably, meaning if, you, if it's easier for you to take a pill, if you can be consistent with that, they'll suggest that. If you feel like you'll, you'll make a mistake, they'll be like, IUD. When I was there, they were like, oh, you, you don't think you could handle the pill? You don't want the Nuva Ring? <laughs> IUD. Everything led to IUD when I was there. But it's also the most expensive option. Yeah. It can be thousands of dollars if you get it at Planned Parenthood. So Planned Parenthood can only cover so much of the procedures and the services that it has. The rest, the consumer or the person has to cover. So the Title X grant covers part of the services and it only covers a small percentage of the services and the rest either the consumer or donations cover. And the same goes for medical equipment, any technology they use within the Planned Parenthood facilities. The Title X grant doesn't cover all of that. They have to get more funding for that. So I just wanted to clear that up, not only tell you what the Title X grant does, but to tell you that in California, it doesn't go to abortions. And if it does go to abortions, it doesn't cover it fully. There are, excuse me, there is still a portion that the person has to pay if, if, that money in your state is used for abortions. And then there's the Hyde Amendment. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) So. (laughs) In addition. Yeah, in addition, the Hyde Amendment blocks all of that. What what, What did they pass 
to oh, keep recently. Yes. What was it? Was it HR four, HR three? It was three, I think. HR three. Yeah. And that's to keep the Hyde Amendment in place. So for anybody who doesn't know, the Hyde Amendment makes it illegal for any federal money to fund abortions. Thank you for so, clarifying. Yes. Well, so the people that are out there saying like, we got to close down Planned Parenthood because I don't want my federal tax money going to fund abortions. It's not. It can't. Your it legally can't anymore. It legally can't. Yeah. And the important thing is that the Hyde Amendment is up for renewal every single year and it has been renewed. Um, but what's, you know, here, I'm very anti-Hyde Amendment because it ends up hurting the people who need it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it ends up hurting the people who can't afford an abortion. And if you can't afford an abortion, you can't afford a baby. Yeah. And part of the part of Planned Parenthood, I want you guys to understand, is it's preventative care and it's family, quote unquote, family planning. It's not just to say, oh, you want a family. We're going to help you plan it. It's also if you're not ready to have a family, we're here to help you avoid having one. True family planning. True family planning. And if that is, uh, you know what? That's just going to lead to my third point. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> okay. I'm going to Kanye this and actually let you finish, though. <laughs> I was just going to say the Hyde Amendment, it, it, you know, if you can't afford an abortion, you definitely can't afford to have a child. Most of the people who have, this is a whole other episode. We could do five episodes on abortions. But, you know, most of the people who seek abortions and, you know, want to want to go that route already have children. They're disproportionately people of color. They're disproportionately people who live in poverty. So this this is already a person who has a lot of things going against their economic success. And when you're like, oh, I'm going to restrict where you can get this done. I'm going to pass more laws to make sure that you have limited access. And, you know, my your insurance won't cover it. Your Medicaid won't cover it. It's they're bas- you're basically just saying I'm just gonna keep fucking you over. <laughs> yeah, and then say oh welfare welfare babies welfare babies. Yes, if you make like, it harder for them. Yeah, if you make it harder for women who are low income or who don't who are uninsured to get the care that they need and the preventative care that they need in order to not get pregnant or to not have a baby out of wedlock or because I guess Christians just don't want that. That's like the devil thing to do. <laughs> or to have more kids than they intended, then either set up preventative measures or yes. have ways for them to make it easier for them to give their kid up for adoption. Yeah. Bo- uh, um, and uh, actually make the adopt foster children. Care. Yeah, and actually adopt children. Put money more into foster care, into the adoption process. Yes. Y- if, you want, if you want to control the way we prevent pregnancy or you don't want us to prevent pregnancy and you want us to have these kids, you better have options that help us either take care of these fucking kids or to give put them in better situations where they'll be taken care of. You can't just drop the ball after not getting, after, oh, no, no birth control. You work that out, sister. Also, don't be yeah. on welfare. Like, you, you know, you have to yeah. find, yeah, you have to have other policies that make up for that for that lack of prevention. And, you know, that isn't to say that the system doesn't work all the time because, you know, my mother was adopted and it ended up being great. She ended up with a wonderful family that took care of her and she also is sometimes in contact with her birth family as well. Well, that's awesome. So it's great, but that's kind of an outlier that when you look at the number of children that are still in the foster care system, the number of kids yes. who never get adopted. Yep. And it's just, it's, it, uh, anyway, <laughs> this is, I'm anti-Hyde Amendment and uh, HR3 just tried to make it a permanent law. Right. And I'm fucking pissed. Anyway, 
Back to Jasmine. So (laughs) the third point is, uh, or the third myth rather, is that the less funding that goes to Planned Parenthood, the less abortions that'll happen. And that's not necessarily true. First of all, history tells us that these abortions will still happen. There just won't be safe places for it to happen. So it's not necessarily the abortions that will lessen is going to be the more deaths that are happening during abortions that aren't in safe facilities or aren't following the correct procedure. And honestly, since most of the services are preventative at Planned Parenthood, the less funding it gets, the less breast screenings happen for women. The more often that women are going to be diagnosed with breast cancer because they didn't have any preventative measures. The more often women are going to be diagnosed with cervical cancer because they didn't have any screenings available to them to prevent it. So what you're doing is saying, hey, all that stuff you do, Planned Parenthood outside of abortions, fuck that too. And the women who need it, go fuck yourself also. Oh, and you and to make it harder. And it's not it's not just Planned Parenthood that they're they're talking about defunding. They're trying to regulate and make it harder to get contraceptives through your regular insurance, too, and control that. That's been happening for years. They've been talking about that. The fact that birth control is over the counter now, if it weren't for Obama, I don't know if that would have ever happened. It would have been completely unavailable or extremely expensive. Like when I was I think it was on like Blue Cross or something. My birth control was 30 bucks. And then, I, and then all of a sudden it was free. And I was like, oh, hell yes. You know, I, it's the progress that we've made is for a reason. It's not just so, I don't know, I think Christians think it's just because women want to go around and fuck people all the time. Well, that's part of it. Yeah, that'd be great. But it's also to, <laughs> some people take birth control to help assist, uh, to, uh, to help with uh, fibroids. Yeah. You know, to help regulate their periods because it's extremely painful. Some yeah. people take it to prevent pe- pregnancy because if they are pregnant, they can die during childbirth. Exactly. These aren't just because it's not always linked to sex. Sometimes it's linked to health. It's, it's a medical, <laughs> it's a medical thing. Sometimes, most of the time it's going to be linked to health rather than just wanting to go fuck somebody. I think what people don't realize is that who ends up being hurt are the people who need help the most. Yes. And if I'm going to bring Jesus into it. You you better. (laughs) What you did for the least of them, you also did to me. Right. So We can apply that to a lot that's going on right now. You're not just fucking over poor women. You're fucking over Jesus. (laughs) That's what I will say. Because I have no qualms about saying horrible no she doesn't things well it's not about inaccurate i think it's just (laughs) abrasive (laughs) well i also okay so here's here's where i'm i'm yes i'm abrasive i this is what it comes down to uh i again you know we're not going to get too far into the actual issue of abortion because that could go nine thousand hours and nobody wants to listen to that right now (laughs) when we have other things (laughs) to talk about but i did save a list of uh, remedies that people have used throughout history when there weren't legal abortions available to them. And it includes drinking lye, swallowing acid. Lye? Lye. Brewing tea made of manure, taking a wormwood tea enema, douche with chili peppers, applying a leech to the vagina. Whoa! inserting the coat hanger into the uterus, puncture the uterus with a bicycle spoke, blow air into the uterus with a turkey baster, squat over a pot of boiling onions, pull out a tooth, starving oneself, binding the waist, hitting the abdomen with a meat pulverizer, beating the stomach with a baseball bat, taking a bath in boiling water, 
spending the night in the snow, applying electric shocks to the thighs and groin, and jumping off of stairs and roofs. So, keep in mind that if we criminalize abortions, if we de- if we make sure it's not legal anymore, it really is a life and death situation for people. Because if you don't want to be pregnant, people are going to find ways to end their pregnancy. Yeah. And a lot of times that can lead to serious injury or death. And I don't want that to happen. Yeah. I agree. Well, that got a lot realer than I thought it would. <laughs> oh, uh, final final thing I want to ask you. Hey, hey Jasmine. Uh-huh. Uh, does Planned Parenthood sell baby parts? No, they don't. <laughs> you know what? I debated on putting that in here. I was like, I'm not even going to fucking honor that with with a rebuttal sell fucking baby parts get the fuck out of here but there's videos no (laughs) i'm so sorry like i couldn't i i thought about it too because i was like there are people that actually believe this and i'm like you know what i hope to god is not one of our listeners like if you're listening to this and you really think planned parenthood sells body parts like i we don't have that many subscribers if any but just just don't (laughs) don't listen anymore you're just gonna be offended by everything we say honestly what it's shit that can be just found on snopes girl <laughs> try if you, harder. If you do a moderate amount of research, you will find it. Just moderate. Just try just harder. Like a, a, a Google yeah. search, like yeah. a single Google search, and click on Snopes, and that's it. When Google is done. laughing at you, yeah. <laughs> let's be better. Oh my God. Okay, so yeah, that was not on the list for a reason. <laughs> and now on to the fun topic of the night: consent. Consent. <laughs> that is Liz's topic. I had to hand this over to her. I don't know how much fun it is, but I am definitely going to get into it. So, at its heart, consent, I think, is a very, very simple idea, which is don't have sex with somebody who doesn't want to have sex with you. Sounds simple enough. Yes. In practice, obviously, people fuck it up a lot. Uh, you know, not even just, you know, I do want to get into the issue of rape, obviously. Uh, you know, the numbers are staggering and it is still underreported. But I found out last night that the number of annual rapes that are or sexual assaults um, is greater than the population of some entire states. And this is just in the United States. Uh, Some things that I do want to just say quickly is I think we shouldn't talk about this issue as though it's something, I mean, there's there's a lot of wrong ideas that people have about it. When people picture rape, they're just picturing a poor defenseless woman getting attacked by a man hiding in the bushes (laughs) or hiding in an alleyway and that it's a stranger that they've never met before. And, you know, I mean, it's not it's not a question of why we have this imagery. It's because those are cases that have been politicized and also because that's what we see on like law and order. Right. It before, would... before law and order went on too long, so they had to bring up more interesting ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's also the easiest and most extreme thing to reference. Yeah. It's harder to reference something that you might've maybe done. Exactly. Or something that might've maybe happened to you. Exactly. And I think that as a society, we get really obsessed with the idea of the perfect victim. You know, so when we're like, oh, well, that person clearly had no blame. Like if a stranger attacks you, then it's definitely not your fault. Uh, But I don't know if you were wearing a short skirt and around a dude that you're kind of friends with, kind of not. And maybe you flirted with him once in 2012. Like, weren't you asking for it? Yeah. 
So, <laughs> because again, we, if we look at the numbers, the most sexual assaults and rapes that are happening are happening between people who already know each other. And that's, so I just want to remind people, like, we have this idea of there's a perfect victim and there's a perfectly evil person who is inflicting this pain upon the victim. And those are the only legitimate rapes. Yeah, and that's not the case at all. No, that's not most cases. Um, so I, I want to put oh, out yeah, there... Oh, yeah, sorry. I don't want to say it's not the case at all. It does it, happen. It does happen. But in... It's it's rare. It is and the if average. it does it, it's not the average. And if it does happen, it's definitely taken more seriously than something that's more subtle or more likely. Yeah. You know, okay. So I'll leave it. Sorry. <laughs> Interrupting so, again. But what I what I do want to say that I mean that could be a whole other thing. So what I wanna try and pare it down to more is what are instances that you're more likely more likely to come up against in your everyday sexually active experience as an everyday sexually active person. Um, I want to talk about sex while inebriated. So <laughs> I, I feel like that's that's one of the more common um, instances where this is something that needs to be discussed. Yeah, oh, sorry. I just want to say that I was laughing because of Liz's face. Not that this like, is something Bleh. to joke about. She like pause and look at me. I was like, what am I supposed to say? Sex while drug. Huh? Ooh, fun stuff. So here's here's what I want to say is that what a lot of people don't think about is that if somebody is extremely inebriated, then they can't give full consent. Now, a lot of people are like, well, that that's I've had sex while drunk a lot of times, but I don't think I was raped. And it's like, okay, you know, there's a lot of people who have been in that situation. Maybe they feel comfortable with it. Um, and then there's other people who don't. And so, you know, for something like that, I'm kind of going to leave it up to how you feel about it. I also think that there's something to be said for if, um, you know, maybe you're going out with somebody who you've been with for a while and you both know that you want to be drunk and you both also know you want to get laid that night. So I'm not saying that every time you've had sex while drunk was sexual assault, but there is a whole lot of instances where people are assaulted uh, as like a crime of opportunity. And we saw a big case last year that happened. Uh, well, what's that motherfucker's name? That wasn't the Brock Turner one, yeah, was it? Yeah, Brock Turner. It was a him? Okay, yeah. Where the person he assaulted was passed out drunk and he was assaulting her in an alleyway and a couple people saved her. But, you know not really safe but anyway yeah yeah because i mean she's still she was still she's affected still by it. yeah yeah so she wasn't really safe but they prevented any further damage or any further action right. but it's absolutely rape culture that we were like oh well you know if you're drunk then sometimes people will just want to fuck you yeah okay i want to talk about this for a second too sorry i saw a um i keep saying sorry but really i just should say excuse me <laughs> i'm not gonna apologize for having an opinion and excuse i can <laughs> excuse me excuse me liz Excuse me. Yes. So, I one of my uh, a cousin of mine posted something about consent, and I guess the cool thing to do for for hood niggas and guys that think they're really hard is to like fuck their girls when they're drunk, right? It's like, oh, you know, my girl was super wasted. I just ran up in her mouth really quick. Yeah, things like that. 
Like, oh, I'm sorry, so my tough. face that I made was again your yeah, oh yeah. God. But they think that that's okay because that's their girl. Just because that's the girl that you're dating or that you're married to, it doesn't mean that you have the right to force yourself on her when she's inebriated or when she right. can't say, oh, I don't want to fuck you right now. That's a that's a bitch made thing to do. So it's not only bitch made, but it's sexual assault. Yeah. Okay. So. It's not. Oh, it's not all right. Don't congratulate your homies for putting your dick in some girl's mouth while she was drunk and couldn't, she couldn't understand what was happening, or while she was asleep. Like that's not okay. That is sexual assault. It is not something you congratulate on. It's sexual assault. It is not something you give high fives on. It is sexual assault. It's not something you post on Facebook for likes. It is sexual assault. Because just that, to be yeah. clear, at that point, it's just a power play. That's not yeah. for pleasure. That's not for intimacy. That's just to be able to say that you did something fucked up to somebody because they couldn't say no. Right. Like, oh, this is my bitch. I do what I want kind of thing. Which is fucked up. Yeah. Again, sexual assault. Sexual assault. <sighs> so I do want to say that, you know, I, I what I want to bring up to people who are not yet sexually active or just starting is that you always have the right to say no, even if this is someone who you are in a relationship with, yes. someone that you've had sex with before. Maybe this is the first time even. And if you're halfway through just starting at any point, you can say no. You can say no to stopping the entire sexual experience. You can say no to saying, oh, I just don't want to do whatever the one thing is that you're asking me to do right now. You always have the right to stop and say no. Yes. Because if both of you aren't happy or all of you aren't happy, what's the fucking point? Right. Yeah. Why are you engaging in it? Like what's like there, there's nothing to gain at that point. Yeah. And one person is, you know, committing a crime. <laughs> yeah. So, to put it, yeah. To put it lightly. Yeah. Now, here's where I'm uh, a, a bad person is I've loved having sex while I was high. So I still, but I, it was negotiated before we, before I was high or both of us were high. It was always been a negotiated thing of like, oh, I want to have sex while we're high. And this has only been marijuana. I'm not that cool. (laughs) Drugs aren't cool. Stay in school. Saying so. So again, with the topic of uh, sex while inebriated, if it's if it's um, talked about beforehand, that's another thing. And again, if anywhere in the middle I was uncomfortable, I could have said no, and the person I was with should have stopped. Yeah. And it's important to kind of build that standard with your partner and with the person that you're with to say, hey, if I say no, you shouldn't have to. Let's be honest. You shouldn't have to say to establish a a kind of safe word with your partner where no is like maybe you should stop. They should already have that embedded in them. But if you feel like you're going to be you're both going to be in a position where you're not going to make sound decisions or you won't be as clear headed as you usually are, it's important to set ground rules. And make sure that you guys are on the same page before you engage in something that could potentially damage the other partner. Absolutely. And then, you know, just to talk about other things that can happen with um, people that you're comfortable with, especially if you're like younger, if you're a teenager, uh, the idea of coercion. Yeah. So I truly, honestly advocate that when somebody chooses to become sexually active and every time thereafter when they decide to engage in sexual activity, it should be with happiness. <laughs> it should be, I mean, that's what, that's what consent comes down to for me is like, I am happily saying, I want to have this experience with you. Right. And that it should be out of joy. 
or angry makeup sex or something along that spectrum. But <laughs> that's always nice. But the point is that it should be with, you know, yes, this is what I want to happen. This is what you want to happen. And we're both great with it. If you're dating somebody and they've been pressuring you into it a lot and you're not ready, you don't want to have sex with them, it's okay to keep saying no. And honestly, I would kind of be like, fuck that person. Yeah. If this person is really just in it to get off, then that's not somebody that you should be wasting your time on, especially if you're in high school. Like, go do your homework. Go spend time with your friends. Go, like... Go better yourself. Focus on yourself. If someone's trying to push you in a situation where it makes you feel uncomfortable, but they're totally fine with it, that lets you know that that person doesn't really care about you. Exactly. On a basic human level. They're not treating you as a human. They're treating you as a toy or or, they're using you as a resource at this point. You can say, go fuck yourself and go focus on yourself and, and, and focus on progressing yourself. This is an issue that I came up against multiple times, especially with like young 18 to 19 year old people um, is that I feel like especially with how we raise cisgender boys it's to give them more room to be selfish when it comes to sex yeah it's you know they don't even have to make sure that you get off they don't have to make sure like if you're having heterosexual sex they're not worried about the woman getting off they're not worried about her orgasm they're not worried about her even really enjoying herself it's all just about like well I just want to get my dick wet yeah if they have a penis yeah and you know what it's it's on both sides whether it's the religious side or, or not I think in the religious side like I said earlier it was more about what the man wants. You, they didn't. There was right. no teaching about that a woman should enjoy it too, or a woman should find pleasure with it too. It's more about, well, you know, if your husband wants to have sex, you just That's suck it up. That's your wifely role. Suck it up and let him do it. You know, just take one for the team. And if he cheats, it's just because you weren't performing your wifely duty. Yeah, and again, that's not just—it's not just a religious perspective. No, that's definitely in the broader culture. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> So, so, so that's what I was is that it I feel like that happens a, a lot especially when you're younger and I advocate for young people being in charge of their own pleasure and being able to say from their partner like hey you need to also care about me yeah <laughs> because I, I do think that that happens a lot that you'll get into situations where this person like you just said is treating you more like a toy than it than a person that they want to have uh, a fun experience with right and uh, that's fucked up yeah well no they definitely want to have a fun experience but, but just for them yeah <laughs> just for them they don't want you to have fun or they don't give a crap whether or not you're having fun as long as you're not having fun doesn't affect how awkward it is for them they're cool with it i think that we do a huge disservice in how we raise cisgender boys yeah. I think that we, because we, we don't ask the basics of them, which is care about consent. <laughs> you know, we teach girls a lot. We, we teach cisgender girls a lot. Like, here's how you can get away from getting raped. But we don't teach cisgender boys not to rape. And P.S. it's all, you know, 
cis boys are not the only people who rape. Right. Yes, because it can be women who are in lesbian relationships that are coerced into sexual interactions they don't want to be in. It could or be physically anybody. Put, yeah, it could be anybody. So we don't want you to feel like we're marginal or, or, or keeping you out of the, the out of the the umbrella of sexual right. assault. Anyone can be sexually assaulted. Anybody can be sexually assaulted. And yeah. anybody can do the assaulting. Yes. And so we don't teach people not to assault. We just teach them how to get out of that situation or like how to avoid it like right. don't wear a ponytail bullshit so <laughs> that's you haven't seen that online article no where it's like don't wear a ponytail because rapist will just grab it and pull you somewhere okay that's so stupid i know anyway so <laughs> so but we so we don't teach them you know how what consent is what it means how to ask for it how to live it we don't teach them that pleasure can come from pleasuring somebody else yeah and you learn that you learn that when you're in, in a relationship with someone that actually gives a damn about you but you should be able to identify that in your first fledgling partners yeah. and demand that and be able to say hey you need to care about me too in this yeah okay well, okay we're almost at two hours yo so oh we need to like all right we gotta wrap this up <laughs> Okay. Uh, what was the last thing we were going to talk about? I don't even different know. Different contraceptive forms. Oh, yeah. Different forms of contraception. So, what are your favorites, Jasmine? My favorites are, my favorite is the IUD. It's the most same. effective. It's, you don't have to take a pill at the, same, at the same time every day. It doesn't have as much as an effect on your internal hormones or the way that you're feeling, especially if you're dealing with mental illness. Yes. Um, the <laughs> IUD is the best option. And what is is an IUD, Jasmine? Uh, you know what? I don't even know how to describe it. Let's see. It's like, well, mine in particular was, it's like a copper T-formed wire that is inserted, is it into yeah. the uterus slash cervix? In the cervix, In yeah. the cervix, and it chills there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I know. There's a little string on it that you touch to make sure it's still in the right place. Yeah. And then I, I don't know how it prevents pregnancy, honestly. It stands for the intrauterine device. There we go. <laughs> and just like you described, there's two there's two main forms of them uh, that are on the market. One of them is a five year and it still has a hormonal component. Yeah. The other, the 10 year, uh, is does not have a hormonal component, which is why it was perfect for me. The 10 year one uh, has copper. Uh, it's like a copper wire that goes around the T-form. And what it does is it actually prevents pregnancies in two ways. And that one, it um, helps block sperm from uh, getting up into the fallopian tubes by changing the way that the uterus, like changing the lining of the uterus. Mm hmm. Or no, that's the second part of it. Oh, oh. <laughs> it prevents it prevents uh, the sperm from getting up there. Uh, I think because it creates like a more harsh environment that sperm are not that they can't survive in. Okay, but it also prevents and and this is where the religious um, people who don't like it on a religious standpoint. This is where they come from is because the second part is that it prevents implantation. So on the off chance that one of the sperms did wiggle its way up there, did get into an egg, and the egg goes down the fallopian tube, the lining is thinner, and so the egg is less likely to implant into the lining and so and so for people who believe that life begins at conception there is the off chance and this is why they call it an abortificient (laughs) 
I'm giving. I'm sorry. I'm rolling my eyes. I am saying a prayer to anyone that'll listen because I need to calm myself down. It's because they believe that now a life does exist, but it is just being flushed out of your body because you're a big, bad sex having woman who has an IUD. Here's something that people don't realize. This actually is pretty common. Like people that happens to people all the time. They have, they have an egg that has been fertilized and it just flushes right out because sometimes your lining isn't good enough. Some like just normal things. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. I was like, are they as as having a miscarriage against their religion? If your body is saying, Hey, this is not going to implant correctly. This is not going to work out. Abort, abort, abort. (laughs) I shouldn't use that. (laughs) (laughs) Or your body's like, that's that's what people will say. They'll be like, it's basically like having a miscarriage all the time. And I'm like, okay, but that shit happens constantly but you don't know about it like it's just so problematic and i this is why i don't talk about it i know we both have a mutual (laughs) friend that is all about that shit and i just cannot talk about it because i get really angry because it's very dangerous especially if you're talking to teen girls about it where you're like oh don't use birth control because that's bad for you it's 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 the devil but if you have a baby out of wedlock you're going to hell too good luck like you You get the fuck out of here you can't win. So, uh, you know, I also had an IUD for, I think, seven years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Six or seven years. I really enjoyed it. Um, something that people don't talk about enough is if you have an IUD and you're with your monogamous partner and you decide to not use condoms because here's the best part of the IUD. It's like 99.999% effective. Yes. At so you can get away with not using any other kind of methods. Um, but, okay, other caveat, if you have an IUD but, you're, but you have multiple partners, then you should still use a condom. Barriers. Not, not only because, or any barrier, not only because you want to prevent STIs, but because on the off chance that somebody has an STI, the string on the IUD does act as like a little gateway yes, to get it into does. your uterus. And so it can increase the chances of contracting an STI. So again, barriers. Yep, yep. They're the best. <laughs> okay. Wait, I swear I was going to say something before I went off on that tangent. Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, yeah. So if you have one and you're not using a barrier method because you don't need it, um, put a towel down. That's not a bad idea. Put a towel down or have some other way of dealing with uh, sperm. Cool. (laughs) That's all I will say on that topic. (laughs) Okay. So there are other forms of birth control. There is the NuvaRing, which is is a kind of... Uh, I don't want to say it's not gelatinous. It's just kind of <laughs> bouncy, it's a little bouncy ring that you kind of you. It's it's uh, maybe maybe about two and a half to three inches in diameter, and you squish it down and you put it up in your vag and you put it all the way up into your cervix and it stays there for maybe a week. Did you have to switch it out every week? I don't remember. I thought it was like once a month. Once a month? Oh, I don't I've know. never had any ring. Me either. But I thought it was like once a week where I was like, nope, gonna forget. <laughs> I can't it do could that. be once a week. Yeah, and, and I, think I, thought, that, I think that's right. There's like you do it once a week, and that you like for every month you get a pack of like four. Yeah, there we go. I there we go. Right. So this maneuver ring. There's the birth control shots. Aren't those like once a month? Uh, I think the Depo Prevera is once a year. 
Really? Yeah, but it, then you don't have a period for that year, and so it's not the best be- for like to use as a long-term solution. Yeah, because it can kind of mess with your body. A little yeah, bit. it sounds like it can mess with it a lot. Oh, you know what? That's right. My aunt was using them, and it totally screwed up her her yeah. system. Like, I have some friends who have done it before, and it's like you know. It was okay for one year, but it's not something you want to do as a long-term solution of yeah. do it every single year. And of course, there's the pills, which you can have different degrees of hormones that are distributed throughout those pills. There's the uh, orthotricycline. There's, oh boy, I don't know. There's a lot. And it depends on what degree of hormones that you want or what your body can tolerate. Yeah. Uh, but they all pretty much do the same thing. You take the same pill every day, same time every day, get a new pack every month good fun and there are other forms of contraception like I guess you can I'm not going to mention the sponge guys nobody don't do that I'm not going to say to use the pull out method that's just oh that's stupid extremely stupid don't do that don't do the pull out method Uh, what else is stupid there's old ass shit like the diaphragm yeah there's foam oh that's right there's 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 foam there's don't, uh, don't do that either don't do that either just there's so many good methods out there and we're getting better there's the implant yeah, that's true. The implant, see, that was problematic for me, too, because they put it in, like, your arm, and it's supposed to release hormones throughout the entire yeah. time. But it was just like, I don't want you to cut open my arm and put something in there. Well, anything that's hormonal was just not going to work for me. Yeah. Uh, anybody who listens to the podcast should know by now that when I was uh, 18 until about 25, I was dealing with some pretty severe mental illness. And uh, hormones did not work well in that. There's a, I don't know how much you know, but sometimes when you have a brain that's already predisposed to severe mental illness and then you add in some wacky, wacky, fun hormone birth control things, uh, it's pretty common for that to go bad and to trigger some things. Um, I thought it was just me until I found out, oh no, that's fairly common, which is why the IUD is a great, great, great thing should be available. I mean, when I had mine, I just paid $20. I just paid Me my Me too. But the problem is, if you don't have insurance, exactly. it's extremely expensive. And the people who need it the most are the people who can't pay for it initially. So, I mean, the people who can't afford to pay yeah. out of pocket for this expensive process. Like, I, I got mine in 20 bucks. No, pr- I mean, it hurt a little bit. You get a little cramping. Okay. okay. Just full disclosure. But it's it was super Oh, yeah, the cheap. first day's hell. Yeah, that first day was a mess. I was like, look here. If this is what it's like to have contractions, like, I'm so glad I'm putting this in there. I'm going to keep that in there forever. I think I warned you about it, right? No, you didn't. What? I told you. I texted I tell you everybody. No, you didn't. I tell everybody beforehand, like, don't schedule anything else the first day after you have it implanted. You're just going to want to be at home, on the couch, get some Motrin, and be asleep as much as you can because it hurts like a motherfucker. You told me afterwards. I think it was like day two. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? And you were like, oh, did you go to work? Yeah. No. Oh God. <laughs> I'm the worst. No, you're not because <laughs> my, my gynecologist was there the entire time and he didn't say anything. It was not your job. It was him to tell me how much was going to hurt throughout the day. And he was like, Damn. all right, you're good to go. Damn. Dusting off of the hands and pushing me out of the office. Yeah, I will say that <laughs> it hurts like a motherfucker. Because especially if you've never had a baby before, yeah, and that's what he was saying. If if you didn't have if you didn't have a baby before, then your uterus is gonna be like, like what the fuck is yeah, this? Yeah, Oof. 
But anyway. It's bad. But it's so worth it. Really worth it. I don't want to scare you from getting an IUD. No. I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of the thing is that there's good and bad with every method. Yeah. Some. And you have to evaluate, evaluate like what works best with your lifestyle. And, uh, oh, and the other thing that people forget to point out about the pill is that you need to take it at the exact same time every single day. So, you know, your friends that have an alarm that go off at like 4.30 every once in a while and you're like, oh, ha, 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 and then they start laughing. They're on the pill. Yeah, they're definitely <laughs> on the pill. <laughs> I didn't laugh. To I just took it. I didn't care. I just took it out. I was like, pop, time pop. to do it. Pat, pat. TBT. So, yeah, all right. That is our contraceptive section. If you have any questions about how effective they are, you can always look it up on Planned Parenthood's website. If you have access to a gynecologist, I would say utilize that resource as often as you can. If you're confused about something, if you want to try out different contraceptive options based on your lifestyle and who you are, your body type or whatever, or if you have a mental illness, talk to both your therapist and your gynecologist or your psychologist and your gynecologist. Um, if you have medical insurance, use that shit while you can. Right now, okay? honestly, yes. right now. You don't yeah. know how long it's going to last. Yeah, that's so true. It's so scary, but it's so true. So this was just our basic overview. There's a whole lot more that we could talk about and probably will in the future. If there is any topic that you would have liked for us to cover and we didn't, tweet at us. Yes, please. At we podcast facts. Uh, I would love to do follow ups to this. This was really just more of an homage of like, hey, here's some information that you probably want to know. Uh, my assumption is that most of our listeners have been sexually active for a while. But if you have a younger sibling or somebody who you just uh, know on the Internet or something and you care about them and want them to be healthy and happy, <laughs> then you know, go ahead and send them this and a myriad of other things that covered it way better than we did. Yeah. We're only mouthpieces for the information that we've received over the years. You can also, you can always Google the information that we received over over the years or talk to your gynecologist. And I also hope that us talking about it helps let people know that this is an important conversation to have. It's good. It's healthy. It's normal. And we shouldn't be afraid of talking about this openly. Yeah. Most people enjoy sex. Most people want to have it at some point in their lives. Yes. And I want them to have it with happiness and occasionally with makeup angry sex. That is I, that is my favorite now. See, I go through evolutions. Like the cute the cute sex was nice to the first and then it was like, okay, maybe I'm getting too personal. All right. Anyway, and then just <laughs> once, just once Go have sex while you're high because it's great. Oh, I, I want to so bad. <laughs> okay. Oh, my mom is listening. I keep remembering that. It's so weird. Your mom loves you and supports you. Oh. <laughs> All right, everybody. That was way more than enough. Sorry for it being so long. <laughs> you should be used to it by now. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not apologizing for this. You're still listening. You know who we are. Okay. You know who we are. You know what you're getting into. It's <laughs> a shit ton of stupid shit. Love you guys. Love you, too. Bye. Bye. Ride or die. <laughs> facts on Facts on Facts is not brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace. Yeah. Have you ever wanted a place to put all of your dick pics? Fuck you. What? Well, Squarespace is a place for you. You can design your own website where you can put up all of your masterpieces. All of them? Yeah. All you have to do is build your own website and just text your bitches the URL. 
Squarespace because Anthony Weiner shouldn't be the only one with his dick all over the internet. <laughs> Y'all hear this? Like all of it. We're supposed to be recording right now. And that now that there's still people now who are like, you know, looking at a Muslim registry, looking at a Muslim fan. I'm not petty. And we'll just be like, ooh, I don't want him here.